0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. And the Royals move to 9-0 this season at home against the Twins. KC also clinches their fourth straight season of 500 or above. Should be able to get one of the last four to get to above 500 again. And the Royals see an extremely nice end to the season for Jason Vargas. One of the best parts about the month of September has been Vargy back on the hill as 81-77 and KC edges Minnesota 5-2 to two after a three-run rally with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. And it's Dave O. Glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we've got quite a bit to talk about in this edition of The Dish, starting with your player of the game. Jason Vargas. It has to be Vargas for the first time this year as he finishes his MLB 2016 in his third outing with a good one, saving the best for last. Five shutout innings for Vargas. How about six strikeouts? Four hits, one walk. So a runner per inning, perfect. Perfect 1-0 whip and 6 Ks and 5 innings. And Jason Vargas overall going to work this month. Three outings with 12 innings and a 2.25 ERA for Jason Vargas. And as we go into 2017, we know the Royals have three guys locked in the rotation. Vargas is a near, near lock. So essentially you've got four guys locked up. But how nice is it being able to slot Jason Vargas behind Guys like Danny Duffy, Ian Kennedy, Jordano Ventura, and then you've got Jason Vargas. That creates, you know, a pretty formidable rotation if your offense stays healthy and if you can improve the bullpen. The bullpen has to be shored up. There's some nice pieces out there that we'll talk about here in a little bit, one of which has gone really, really under the radar, doing a nice job. There's a couple of guys out there, one of them being Brian Flynn, who didn't pitch tonight, but another guy we'll talk about in a little bit, Peter Moylan. Uh, Moylan and Flynn, a couple of guys that could be very useful pieces next year that nobody seems to talk about much or acknowledge much. So, uh, you know, But Jason Vargas, if you can slide him and and get 80% of what you got in 2014, how nice would that be, right? Because you still have an outside chance, that fifth spot, as of right now, in Volquez is not coming back, guys. So no Volquez. That fifth spot is going to be As of right now, an internal battle between Mike Miner, if he can stay healthy, between Matt Strom, between Alec Mills, and some other nice guys the Royals have. You could even see an outside chance of a guy like Miguel Almonte, who had a rough, rough season. Maybe he puts it together with that stuff. Got demoted back down to double-ed in the season. A guy who was once, a year and a half ago, two years ago, Thought as highly of as your Donna Ventura as far as stuff and as far as upside, a guy that's taken a, a step back, but a guy the Royals haven't tried in the bullpen yet, and a guy I wouldn't count out yet as a fifth starter you know, candidate at some point. And that's, uh, don't sleep on him, is what I'm saying with Almonte. But anyway, I mean, you, you, you can name off a few more Brooks Pounders, maybe Dylan G probably comes back. And by the way, thoughts to Dylan G who had the scary blood clot, you know, decided to stay back in Detroit. He's done for the rest of the season. Thoughts to him. So the Royals have quite a bit of options there in the fifth starter spot to if, if Vargas can stay healthy to go along with those other three. And you know they're gonna add at least one starter. So they should be okay. My point being should be okay and looking really pretty solid if they can get eighty percent of Jason Vargas back in twenty fourteen. Let's go back to twenty fourteen. Vargas, how reliable was he? Well, he made thirty starts, 187 innings. So over six innings a start out of Vargas, and you got a quality start pretty much every time out. You got about six innings, three runs. If you go back to 2014, in that 187 innings back in 2014, he had a 3.71 ERA to go along with an 11 and 10 mark. And I know the record means nothing, but just throwing it out there. You know, 11 and 10, 3.71. The key being 30 and 187 going out through every five days consistently. And you're not going to get 187 innings plus playoffs out of Jason Vargas coming off of Tommy John next year. But you'd like to see him throw 160 next year. Give me 160 innings and a a 3-9 ERA. You know, 27 starts from Vargas next year and I would be extremely giddy. So, And this is one of the nicest surprises for the month of September. I don't think there's any chance Vargas would come back. I don't think anybody really did, especially once the Royals were out. I mean, you always heard, well, you know, the insurance on the contract, if he pitches, that's voided, and nobody really ever got a straight answer for that. Obviously, it's not true, because I'm pretty sure that the Royals aren't going to pay Vargas the $7, 8000000 out of their pockets for three starts when they're out of it if the insurance is voided once he makes, you know, it's probably prorated or whatever. Who knows? Who cares, really? The bottom line is... It's a surprise for all of us to see Vargas, at least a little bit surprising, but I would think it'd be very surprising to see him look so sharp and come out throwing bullets and pellets as he has. So that's a very nice thing to look forward to going into 2017, and he's our player of the game tonight. Now going through the bullpen, tough night for Kevin McCarthy, who gets the first two guys out there in the sixth and hangs a a little sinker right over the middle of the plate at the belt with Kenny Vargas depositing it in the sixth inning to tie the game at two. But other than that, the rest of the pin was terrific. Peter Moylan, the guy we talked about at the top, came in and gets McCarthy out of that sixth inning. And Moylan pitched for the fifth game in a row tonight. rubber arm fireman out there from Moylan. Mid-three ERA, it, Tough to gauge a little bit unless you dig a little deeper with a guy like that. You know, inherited runners, how have they done against him? Because he's come into a lot of messes this season. But for the most part, what another great find by Dayton Moore. We say that every single year since he got here. Even going back to guys like Ramon Ramirez, who you barely remember, Robinson Tejeda, even going back to the early days, these guys that Dayton Moore finds off the scrap heap, plugs in, and they just turn into very useful bullpen pieces. So, you know, going into next year, I feel pretty comfortable if Dayton Moore, I assume, will bring back one of the two between Hochaver and Holland. You know, you've got Davis, Herrera. I would think Flynn is pretty much... A guy who could also compete for the fifth starter. I didn't mention floating at the top. He's a guy that could also compete for the fifth spot. I suppose there's a 1% chance Soria could even compete for the fifth spot. I don't see that happening, but there's a lot of things in the contract that he signed that indicated that he would still like to give it a shot possibly as a starter. And, you know, you could deal with Joaquin Soria, give it up two, three, four runs if he's giving you five, six innings. So something to think about. Maybe he could be the next DJ Carrasco. There's a name for Royals fans of the past back in the oh three, oh two, oh four era, a guy that would come in as a spot starter, give you five innings, give up a few runs, and was a pretty good bullpen piece there for a while. That's a stretch, but I'm just saying that kind of in my head, that's who I would imagine Soria becoming if he does go to the rotation is DJ Carrasco. Look him up if you don't know who he is. And by the way, hear his interview here on clubhouseconversation.com dot com by clicking on former player interviews. Hunted him down a year or two ago. But I mean the whole pen though, I mean Moylan gets out of that. Matt Strom one two three with two Ks. I think he's got to be in the rotation. You, I, I just I really do. Especially I mean I think the I think either Flynn or Strom is a lock for the bullpen. Right? I don't think you put both of them in the bullpen. And I think Strom's the guy that if he doesn't make your rotation. Maybe you throw him down to Omaha and hope he can be you know that sixth seventh or eighth starter that you ultimately will need at some point during next summer and a nice way to keep his innings down a bit too it would be maybe to start him in Omaha and skip him a couple times so it wouldn't surprise me if Strom is the type of guy who pitches down in Omaha till May or June and you know. Uh, maybe Flynn becomes the fifth starter, or, you know, you, you need a lefty in the pen. Ned always says he doesn't pitch on the matchups that much and doesn't really, you know, care, but he has turned into more of a matchup manager this season, certainly. And, of course, a lot of that is the fact that the Royals' bullpen has struggled. It's, it's it, You don't have to play matchups when you've got HDH out there, right? You just give them an inning and they blow anybody away. Now you've got to play a bit more matchups. And perhaps Ned Yost has been exposed at certain points of the year with his bullpen usage now that it's not quite as dominant, but, of course, that doesn't all fall on Ned Yost. You know, guys get hurt. Guys aren't effective. So something to think about as the Royals build a bullpen next year. Now, Joaquin Soria, is it a little bit poetic justice that the same night the Royals get officially eliminated from the playoffs, he gets the win? <laughs> I love it. One hit, but 1K in his scoreless inning for Joaquin Soria. Legitimately did have bad luck on the leadoff hit. It was a broken bat hit off the handle, but gets out of that inning, and then Wade Davis gives up one hit, but otherwise a quiet. Ninth inning, getting his 27th save of the year. Nice job by the Royals pitching-wise. Bullpen continues to be nails. We saw six scoreless innings out of them last night, right? So they continue to get the job done for the Royals in this series. Obviously, the last month has not been the prettiest at certain points. But anyway, I digress. Now, offensively, huge nights for Eric Hosmer. Nice to see him getting well over 100 RBIs. Hits his 25th home run of the season a no doubt shot 409 feet back in the third inning off of Irvin Santana, who threw just 77 pitches. And more on that in a second. I think that's smart to kind of, once you get 30-plus starts in a meaningless game, shut him down or don't let him pitch. I mean, we'll talk about that with Duffy, who I've been the last two weeks, three weeks, saying the Royals should consider you know, shutting down for this start, maybe last start before this as well. It's not going to happen, but you know, anyway. Eighth inning, the Royals got some big time at bats. Let's go through that inning. Gerard Dyson gets a one-out double. Swipes third with Whit Merrifield hitting. Wit's down one-two, comes back as Whit does, continues to give you professional bats, good at bats, draws the base on balls. Eric Hosmer pretty much does his job. It's a ball to medium depth center field. I was pretty shocked that Gerard Dyson didn't try to score on that against Byron Buxton. I mean, it wasn't exactly shallow. I would not call that shallow. Okay, it was it was medium shallow. As then, if you've got there's three. All right, so there's shallow, 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 medium, shallow, deep. This is really a stupid argument. I'll admit it. Well, go, I'm going to call that shallow medium, like, you know, the very edge of medium or the very, very deep of shallow. Anyway, I'm just trying to justify me, whatever you get the point. He probably should have gone on the play. Certainly would have scored as the ball was well offline by 15 to 20 feet uh home, but he doesn't ends up not mattering for the Royals because with a two, two count, Kendrys Morales clubs a ground rule double opposite way. Given KC a 3-2 lead. How about this? Morales is, if you didn't hear, his 30 RBIs in the month of September tie a September Royals record for the month of September. 30 RBIs. we still got two games to go, so hopefully Morales will set that record for the month of September. What a monster season he's had. We talked about what you do with Edinson Volquez not bringing him back? And we have talked about getting Danny Duffy locked up long-term. And the biggest thing to me this offseason, the biggest question is, what do you do with Morales? The mutual options, way underpaid, not going to happen. I still have my doubts that the Royals are going to offer him a qualifying offer because he's certainly going to take $16 million a year for one season, get that huge payday, and then have one more good season and get one more two-year deal before you retire. I mean, realistically, Morales, to in my opinion on the open market, is going to get two years... 24, so he's probably going to take the one and 16. Have another, you know, decent to good season. He's going to get at least five plus million in the second year. It's not really a risk for him. He likes playing here. One more chance to go for a run. I think he takes the 16. And I'm not saying you don't want him back. You certainly want him back. But there's a couple things to think about. The money there. 16 million is a lot for a DH when you've got 35, 40 million committed to your bullpen. You've got guys like Danny Duffy you need to resign. You've got guys going up with Hosmer and. Mustakis and Kane through arbitration and uh Alex Gordon's back loaded deal and Ian Kennedy sneak up a little bit next year and you got to make decisions about your backup catcher do you want to keep you know paying Butera this money do you want Dyson back as a fourth fifth outfielder you know all this you know do you want Cuthbert to be able to play DH or third with Moose Give Moose a chance to get some days off as he comes back from the ACL. I mean, bringing back Morales is great if he hits, but if he doesn't, that's a lot of money, not to mention a spot. The Royals have been fighting this everyday DH, wanting to be able to rotate their guys for several years, going back to Billy Butler. So I'm not sure what they do at DH. That seems to me is the biggest question. But I don't know that I would offer him the qualifying offer because... I don't think he's going to turn it down. And maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe you just say, okay, and I don't know what the payroll is going to be. Maybe David Glass is going to authorize you know, a bigger payroll. He's season tickets for field box and dugout box are up 5 to 6%. And obviously the cable deal is looming a couple years from now where the Royals will get a big boost there, helping out the TV revenue. The interest is still sky high, and the Royals know probably this might be their last year for a few years. I don't, I don't like these people that say, well, next year, then it's over. We can chalk it up, and it's done. This era. I don't. I'm not going to go that far. I. I do think that world championship wise, next year might be their last chance for two or three years. But I don't think this team's going to just fold and fall apart. You still got several key pieces coming back for several years. You've got your Alex Gordons and your Salvador Perez's and your Donovan Ventura and Ian Kennedy and probably Danny Duffy. As the Royals will most likely get something done there. Raúl Mondesi. I mean, you've got enough of these guys who are here right now that'll still be here for several years. So I don't like this whole oh, next year's it. But anyway. Getting off on a tangent there, so I don't know what the payroll will be. If, if they have plenty of payroll, that it makes it's a no doubter to bring him back on the one year qualifying. But I, the thing is, I think he takes the qualifying offer because there's still some other. It, it's a horrible free agent class, but you've still got plenty of other DHs that the big money teams are going to go after. Mark Trumbo is a free agent. Carlos Beltran is a free agent. Mike Napoli is a free agent. Brandon Moss is a free agent. Uh, who's the other one? There's another big one. I'm forgetting. Do, 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 do. Oh, Edwin Encarnacion. And some of those guys will get re-signed, and a couple of those guys are, are obviously better players than Morales, but Morales is better than a couple of them. So, but my point is, there's enough Pedro Alvarez from the Orioles as a free agent. There's enough guys that are DHs on the market that I don't know that Morales is going to get. He's not going to get $16 million, more than that a year. No one signing can just Morales to a two-year 30 or $34 million contract. That's not happening. So That's just something to think about with the Royals. You know, you want the draft picks. You can't offer Volquez because he'll certainly take the money. And if you offer Morales, I mean, I don't see the Royals getting, my point being, I don't see them getting a draft pick from a qualifying offer this year because Morales is either going to take it or they aren't going to offer it. But that's my opinion. Anyway, the rest of that inning after Morales, you know, Salvi walks. Gordon, the line drive to score two more with two strikes on him and two outs. Nice, comfortable three-run win, 5-2 to for the Royals. Who moved to 81 and 77. Now, the finale tomorrow, it's Kyle Gibson and Danny Duffy. The Royals try to go ten and zero at home this year against the twins. Kyle Gibson six and eleven of five oh four. Danny Duffy twelve and three a three four three. I don't believe Duffy should be making this start tomorrow. What do you gain out of it? I don't I mean, I guess the, the argument would be well, you want him to be ready to go 195 plus innings next year, regular season, and you know, deep into the into the playoffs. But it, it doesn't does really matter at this point. It's one start. It's it's a meaningless start. And Duffy's been getting roughed up. I mean, even going back to seven, eight starts ago, the one in Boston is kind of where it started. The start before that, back in late July, early August. and I mean, the thing with Duffy is just three and two-thirds his last time out, giving up six runs on seven hits. The stuff has been flat. Even the nights where he's had some decent outings, where he ends up going like six innings, three runs-ish, it hasn't been the Danny Duffy we saw for three months of the summer. And the stuff's just flat. It's not. His stats prove it. The last seven starts, Duffy has a 5.66 ERA and 41 and a third. And here's the other reason why he should not only has he been ineffective recently, but on the season, Duffy sits right now at 173 and a third innings, right? That's 47 more innings than last year or over 25% more, which is kind of the magic number. So you're already over 47 innings in. If he throws six or seven tomorrow, you're looking at 54, 55 innings more than last year, which is quite a bit, especially for a meaningless start. It wouldn't be if you're in the playoff hunt. If you're in the playoff hunt this is meaningless, I'm not even talking about this. But this is also 24 more innings in his career high two years ago. So he's well beyond his career high. Going to be 30, 31 innings beyond his career high after tomorrow night and 55 or so more than last year. And if he's struggling on top of that, the stuff's not there and it's a meaningless game. What do you? What's the point, really, in pitching him? That's that's all I'm gonna say. I, I'm not a huge fan of him. But with that said, let's go win the game. If he's gonna pitch, you know. Let's go win it, and hopefully he finishes strong. Doesn't change anything either way. He's had a hell of a year, and it's been the the best story on the Royals. Him and Kendrys Morales and Cuthbert in Orlando. And to a small degree Vargas have been the five stories of the year for the Royals as far as positive things. So, uh, you know, hopefully he goes out with the bang. He deserves it. It's a good matchup for him. But I'm just saying I'm on record. I said this for several weeks now, even before the Royals were eliminated. I said about two weeks ago, if the Royals get out of this, they should pull him for sure his last start, maybe his last two. So that's just my opinion. Hopefully he goes out pitches well, but I don't see the point in it, to be honest with you. There you go. That's it for tonight. The Royals take on Kyle Gibson, who's got a 3-6 ERA and 10 lifetime starts against the Royals. Let's go for the sweep, finish that off tomorrow. Guarantee a winning season, and Cleveland will have a lot to play for this weekend. Depending on what happens tonight, either a game or two out for home field advantage. So at least on Friday, they'll have a lot to play for. Saturday and Sunday could end up being meaningless games, depending on what happens with other teams and what Cleveland does. But should be an interesting weekend out at the K and we got of course the twins tomorrow night. We'll talk to you soon here on Clubhouse Conversation. Go Royals.